Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast, where we explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in the modern church world in the light of sola scriptura and tota scriptura. I'm Cody Fields, president of the Noseminster family of guitar effects. Check us out at westminstereffects.com and join the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook. I think we're over 130 members now, which is pretty sweet. Um, also, excuse my and Bradley's crunchy voices today. It's yeah, we're a mess. Well, your mic is in your lap, man. <laughs> that was so funny. Without nobody, nobody even heard that. Um, so, joining me per usual in person, this is Bradley Cox, I'm pastor at Resurrection Church in Greer, South Carolina, who is now properly holding his microphone and via the interweb. Ladies and gentlemen, this is John Ross, Westminster Effects artist. And Church Nerd from Lincoln, Nebraska. And also in person, we uh, have... Jesse Harper, church member and fire chaplain. There we go. So, uh, to start us off right, John, what did you do in church this week? I'm gonna I saw something about a hike later on on Sunday. So, did you we, just skip church like a heathen? No, we didn't skip church. I'm pressing down this dope French press here. It's just, pardon me. Um, this is this is professional podcasting right yes, now. Yes, it is. I mean, I'm making coffee on the air. I, hey, inquiring listeners want to know. Um, so yesterday in church, uh, we started a, uh, a sermon series using illustrations uh, from World War II uh, to kind of coincide with the uh, scheduling of uh, the anniversary of D-Day, you know, being June 6th, also my birthday, strangely enough, and then Memorial Day. Uh, so 211 Worship has a tradition of uh, using movies as, as illustration, as the sermon anecdote. As the anecdote, not the actual sermon material. <laughs> Yes. You're not exegeting Saving Private Ryan. No. Um, although there have been some things in 211's past, in, in years past, thankfully, uh, and leadership past, that have felt more like that than an actual sermon. Uh, but no, just use as a sermon anecdote. Mostly you front load a few minutes of video and, uh, and use whatever happens there as the anecdote, rather than having the pastor come up with a life example uh, from his personal walk, uh, every for you know everything that uh, for the whole council of scripture, um, you know we we leverage uh, video content on occasion. And this Sunday was um, Schindler's List, and we focused on the portion of Schindler's story where uh, he has all his wealth and uh, trades it in uh, to save. Uh, a, a thousands of of uh, uh, Jewish refugees and sufferers, and uh, at the end, he's heartbroken because he didn't do more. And that was a like a type anti type sort of deal, and how, regardless of how much we invest, how much we try, we cannot do what it would take to bring us righteousness before the eyes of God. We cannot mm. save ourselves or others through any right of our own. And that's the, that's the kind of the route that, uh, that we took it. And, uh, you know, it was good. It was really good. And I, I have not historically been a fan of the movie series. Um, they're really just not my, my cup of tea, but, uh, in this case, I think it went really well. So we've got two more weeks, uh, of, uh, of this series, I believe Saving Private Ryan is one of them, and Hacksaw Ridge is another. Um, and uh, so we'll see what happens. Of course, uh, all sermons come with the disclaimer that these movies are rated a very, very hard R and uh, should not be watched without parental approval or discretion, and that we are using these movies not to condone the movies, but to use the narrative of one of the characters as an example of. Uh, an individual's life, walk, and condition. So that was cool. In other news, uh, at 211, our worship leader, Steve Wells, has accepted a position in Chicago at Fellowship of Faith in... Party Fellow, right, Jesse. In Wrightstown. Podcast etiquette, which reminds me to silence my phone, too. Oh, I didn't even hear that. <laughs> I, I, I thought Jesse just roasted one off. 
<laughs> no, that was that was you while we were podcasting last week when you were in the yeah. airport in Denver. Oh my gosh! Uh, I mean, if we have more time, we'll we'll talk about that that fiasco. Because <laughs> there, let me tell you, there and back, just equally adventurous. Um, but yeah, so our our worship leader and uh, kind of music director Steve Wells has accepted a position elsewhere. So. Um, and this is after like 14 years at 211. Uh, oh, wow. he, is, he is loved by all and, uh, and has caused in, you know, a great deal of what we know as 211 today uh, to be 211 today. Uh, God has used him to do amazing things in our midst, and we are, uh, we are blessed and thankful for it. And, uh, you know, he's one of my best friends. And so seeing, uh, seeing him go is, of course, bittersweet, but knowing that uh, he will he will find joy there uh, doing the Lord's work uh, with another congregation is, uh, is exciting. Um, so moving forward, we're actually going to do uh, something a little strange. We are going to go for three to six months uh, at least without a worship leader. Uh, we are going to take a group of us from the band who are already quote leaders in own separate areas. And we're going to be kind of the uh, consortium of worship leaders Ish. Sounds familiar. Uh, <laughs> and each one of us will take our own like pocketed responsibility. Um, like, uh, you know, mine is gear, uh, including uh, those pedals that I that belong to you that I need to ship back. They're right there, literally right there. And I'm, take, <laughs> I'm taking them with me to work. There we um, go. So, mm. Uh, you know, we'll use uh, um, Terry. Uh, we'll do Ableton. Uh, Josiah will do you know communications and, uh, and scheduling and stuff like that. And so we're going to see how that works. And you know, we as we look to how we're going to backfill that that staff role, we may actually move into a director of worship arts that would assist uh, with all two eleven services at all campuses. So that's really. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of cool stuff going on. I'm excited to see what happens. Um, as for the rest of yesterday, my uh, you know most of our listeners know my wife's a professional photographer, and she had a family session uh, yesterday, and she used it as a uh, opportunity to try out some setting pieces uh, with uh, with my old truck that we use for kind of a, a set on occasion. So uh, this time the truck is going to be a flower cart, sort of flower delivery thing. I'll send you pictures. It's legit. Um, so we went out um, to a wooded area, which Lincoln has quite a bit of in the middle of the city. Uh, got everything set up and staged. Family showed up. I loaded up the kids, and we went on a nice hike for about two hours. Um, it uh, you know explored a little bit, and uh, and yeah, had some so, dilly bars. So Nebraska actually has trees. Oh yeah, thought they we, had not, like nothing but grasslands and prairie dogs or something. We're the Arbor Day state, man. Well, it's corn. Also corn. Yeah, yeah. we so. we have lots. Of, we have we are a diverse agricultural enigma. Yeah. Fair enough. So, Fair yeah. enough. So yeah, here at Res, uh, we took we paused our Roman series and had some missionaries in from East Africa to give an update. Oh, and cool. To, uh, so that was pretty cool. Bradley, you want to you you've known them, uh, you know them significantly better than Jesse and I do. So. Yeah. Go ahead and give a rundown. Uh, their names are Jamie and Jessica Dunning, um, good friends of mine. They I've known them since they were college students, um, and which so about 18 years ago, I went back to work for the college that I graduated from, and directed a lot of the music student-led music ministry groups. And Jamie and his wife, they weren't married at the time. Uh, they were students in one of those groups and uh, just got to know them, watch them grow up and mature, graduate. And uh, actually, Jessica is a distant cousin of mine. Um, but nevertheless, she, you know, watched them grow up and then they moved to Africa. Jamie was a, I believe he was teaching English as a second language uh, in some classes there at a school. Um you know, he, he graduated with a, a degree in education, moved over there, started working, and then it sort of evolved into mission work. He got really interested in uh, it, the term is microfinancing, mm -hmm. microfinance loans. You get these 
small, no interest loans uh, that are short term, and the money is used to develop like sustainable revenue generating projects in villages, communities uh, where there's a lot of poverty. Could be anything from a well to a chicken farm to uh, mosquito net distribution. You know all these kinds of things that help generate revenue and help. You know it's it's. The, the 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 theory behind it is that it's better than just charity, straight up charity, where you show up with bags of food or clothes or whatever, and you just give this stuff out. It's an event, and then you go home. And there's a lot of studies now that, you know, say that that kind of stuff can actually perpetuate poverty rather than alleviate it. And so Jamie's what what evolved for Jamie and Jessica was this. Uh, he's actually got a master's degree in um, microfinancing, I think, mm-hmm. something to, something like that. He just finished it. Um, is they, they go into these different villages around Kenya and some in uh, Ethiopia and um, help develop projects. In one community he talked about yesterday, it's a, you know, it's a Muslim community. It's purely Muslim, um, very poor, uh, but they... Uh, use some microfinancing to dig a well. And uh, <clears throat> the, long story short, the through that project, they've been able to develop some relationships within the community and slowly uh, and in many ways secretly, members of this village are converting to Christianity uh, because of it. So it's a really, really cool thing. They're awesome people, just humble, smart um, and I love having missionaries at Res because, you know, in addition to, you know, hearing the stories of what missionaries are doing in other parts of the world, it, it, it breaks us out of our little bubbles we tend to live in. But I also just love having them here and loving on them. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. just like giving them giving them some reprieve, uh, treating them well. I feel like that's something that you know, the church should do when missionaries come home on furlough is just love on them, you know, give them, give them encouragement, give them support, give them prayer, prayer, encourage them in every way you possibly can. I love doing that. Oh and, yeah. You know, uh, we got to do that yesterday. So that was and really, really cool. Micro finance loans are geared toward, uh, the pastors in that area to help yeah, that's support right. Support them, give them an external source of income. Yeah, a lot of the churches obviously can't survive off of just tithes and offerings and stuff. The the, the pastors, you know, um, they've helped many pastors. He mentioned at least three or four yesterday, didn't he? Yeah, at least. That they've helped, you know, with microfinancing, <laughs> develop revenue-generating projects uh, that not only meet needs in the communities they pastor, but help generate funds to support the pastor's family and the church, which is really cool. Yeah, and I, I play guitar, nothing crazy there. My throat was a wreck, so I didn't really sing along. I could only really mouth along the words. Uh, you know, but I'm sure you didn't. I'm, I don't know how often you can hear me with <laughs> with the music going on. Since you're I, like couldn't, I can hear you normally, but I was going to tell you, I, did, I couldn't hear you yesterday really yeah. well. Well, guitar or me singing? No, guitar. <laughs> I could not hear you. I couldn't hear okay. your guitar yeah, yesterday. Because I'll, I'll sing with, with the in-ears in, and I can't hear myself at all. So I'm sure I'm all over the place. Uh, Jesse, you had the week off from serving. You normally serve on our uh, greeting team. Yep. yep. I normally I get to do the host team thing where I smile and nod at the door. And uh, look pretty. <laughs> and, uh, you do that very well. Yeah, th- thank you. Thank so you just got to hang out. Yesterday. Yeah, yesterday I hung out. Uh, you know, listened to the listen to the service. Got to sit in the seat. It was very hard to get out of bed yesterday. It's been a busy weekend, but uh, afterwards I spent some time in the future in-laws swimming pool. Oh, there you well, go. Congrats, you go. by the way, on thank your you. engagement. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, Jesse just like, got engaged. Like with permission, or did you just go over there? No, no, it was with permission. It's it's kind of slowly becoming a, a new Sunday t- tradition to go hang out with the in-laws after church. Or That's awesome. In-laws, and now we're planning a wedding, so I floated in the pool while they discussed. You floated while they planned. Colors and arrangements and Do, you, showers. Y'all do whatever. I'm, you know, as long as the job gets done. I'm over here getting sunburnt. Yeah, yeah. That was... That was a better experience, in my opinion. Yeah. Hey, so, so real, real quick, 
Um, when you were talking, Jesse, when you were talking about, you know, you being on the greeting team. So at 211, we have uh, we have greeting teams as well, as you might expect. Um, but because we're a church and school and, and large, I mean, thousands and thousands of, of community members and, and whatnot, um, we've started a security team as well. Um, and so you know a little something about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I hadn't thought about this until I saw your your earphone kind of hanging out of your ear there. And that reminded me that all our security guys have, you know, the little coiled little things for their Motorola radios and, and man, you dudes are around visual. These, dude, these guys, I mean, they've got to be like, like ex law enforcement or ex military. <laughs> I mean, they've, they've got like the major pain, Don't me, bro. Either the bald, the bald head or the flat top in the shape, like, <laughs> like the, the cop haircut. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, they're, they're just rest Sunday best sort of deal, you know, uh, somewhere between Sunday best and like yacht club chic. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it is Nebraska, so I'm, I'm guessing there's some iron underneath those sport coats, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to, John, this, I'm not John, gonna this ask, podcast. But, this podcast is way better when you're on it. You just you say those things like that, and it's like, golly, that's so good. Well, I, I aim to please. Anyways, that reminded me that uh, that we've got Bible bouncers at uh, at Christ Lincoln now. So. Listen, you want to talk about Bible bouncers? Oh goodness, we're going to talk about Robert Tilton some more, like we were before. No, no. So this would have been like 2001, 2002. I was uh, a worship pastor at this little church plant in Anderson, South Carolina, and it was very New, small. New Spring? No, it wasn't New Spring. <laughs> no, New Spring was just getting started, though. By right, the way, right. Um, <clears throat> but we, you know, the church was small. We we had secured this warehouse on the wrong side of town. Man, there was a lot of gang activity around us. I mean, we literally had rival gang members come into a church service while the praise and worship's going on they sat in the very back of the where of the room had a meeting and then left it was neutral territory they considered our church neutral territory wow it was the craziest thing ever but we got this little ragtag security team together because obviously it was like i mean we, we showed up to church one sunday and there was bullet holes in the front door wow Boy, out. So, um, but listen, we got these, it was two guys and one in particular, he is straight up Anderson redneck, man. I mean, <laughs> and he got so jazzed about this security team. I remember I showed up to church one Sunday morning, dude had on a trench coat, had his cowboy boots on. He had a 38, listen, he had a 38 strapped to his ankle, had a 45 <laughs> on his hip. Had a bulletproof vest on under his shirt, okay, and had a sawed-off shotgun in his car. Probably had some throwing stars in his back pocket. <laughs> this is Anderson. Yeah, There's a good chance he'll need it. That's exactly right. Yeah, everybody dies. Nope. No I one. made so much fun of him. No one is. No one is surprised at this at all. <laughs> no one is. <laughs> I imagine y'all have got a few uh, folks like that in Nebraska, John. We we do. So, uh, yeah, pretty much pretty much the entire state. Uh, is, is, uh, <laughs> we only yeah. we only point to Anderson County. That's it. And Gap. we uh, yeah, we just and <laughs> we'll just exchange the trench coats for for Carhartt and, and you're pretty much pretty much set. Yeah. Oh goodness! So we have we have Jesse on to uh, talk about the importance of men's Bible studies and not just like, I, what is it, the real men's conference where they just kind of get together, blow stuff up, have monster truck rallies and all that kind of stuff. That's a thing? Yes, uh, apparently, maybe, apparently. Maybe it's, we're doing it wrong. Uh, or maybe we're doing it right. Um, <laughs> where, so Jesse, we just started a, um, a bi-weekly Saturday morning, hey, let's get together, talk about Jesus and drink coffee 
We could technically drink beer at the place where we. Uh, yeah, we should have. I, I would not be opposed, even if it is at eight in the morning. It's five o'clock somewhere. I mean, <laughs> there is such a thing as a breakfast stout. It's liquid so. bread, so it's kind of like a biscuit, you know. Exactly, yeah. it's like a Hardy's biscuit with alcohol in it. That's right. Wow, that's amazing! Wow, that's amazing! This that's podcast, amazing. where's this going? Yeah, right. Hey, so, um, hey, Lutheran lemonade, man. <laughs> Lutheran lemonade. <laughs> so we are we are just off the rails today. But anyway, how did we get there? Uh, well, it just kind of started. Uh, it kind of started with our small group. So here at Res, we have life groups, and in uh, our small group, for the record, is the best one. It, it definitely, definitely. And we let everybody know, <laughs> even to the point where Bradley told us we had to stop using best life group ever as a hashtag. But uh, so for, for most of most of our small group stuff, it's done, you know, in a what it, for lack of a better term, I'll call it co-ed setting where we work through. We, we usually work alongside whatever we're doing uh, in church on Sunday. You know, That's so, typically what we've done. At so least, for yeah. like Romans, you know, we'll come back on Wednesday nights as a small group and study through Romans. But the last several weeks we were doing a. Uh, uh, dudes and chicks separate study where the girls we split up and the girls did their thing and then for dudes we focused on the, uh, the issue of pornography and lust mm-hmm. uh, so that's where we started there and kind of uh, <laughs> I'm not too proud to admit or or whatever that I have a good <laughs> bit of experience in those subjects so I thought that was really encouraging and really helpful to get to bring that into the small group and kind of shine a light on mm-hmm. that but as that wrapped up and concluded, I think... And, and stuff got really blunt Yeah, in, in that, what, six, seven weeks? Yeah, it was about six or seven weeks that we were able to do that, and uh, we were able to work through a... a of, course, per- of course, we were talking about Keith. Yeah, so. yeah, this is this is true. Uh, there was a pretty good devotional we were able to work through uh, that I think was pretty solid for what we were doing, and uh, we were able to bring in some some uh, a, a guest speaker who specializes in counseling men for this issue. But as that wrapped up and concluded, you know, I think there was kind of a kind of a, a disappointment that it was coming to an end because getting to spend together time together as just mm-hmm. men and being able to be as blunt and open about some stuff that maybe men would hesitate to talk about in front of wives or, you know, female company, which they should be hesitant to talk. Yeah, about definitely. Definitely. There's, a there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, is appropriate for, for a setting of just men. So we just kind of kick the idea around of, Hey, let's, uh, let, let's get together. Saturday morning and Saturday morning is nothing special really. It's just I work a, a crazy schedule. So yeah, the bi-weekly Saturday morning thing is kind of what works for me. And uh, and, it's, and 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 we we did bi-weekly because you know nobody wants to lock in a Saturday morning every yeah. single week. Yeah, it, Saturdays are busy for people. I mean, dudes especially. I mean, we're busy trying to do all that stuff that dudes do in the right. society. So mowing yards and all that work, kind of working, mowing, working more. Uh, never resting like we should. Right. And uh, Cody was quick to jump on board with the idea, so we've been kind of, kind of really starting small. We haven't had a huge turnout yet for anything, uh, any one of the Saturdays we've done. But I think we've only done about three now. Two. Uh, two. We've done two. And, uh, and this week didn't help us where the majority of our small group is on their way back from right. Los Angeles as yeah. of right now because their flight got canceled last yeah. Time, yeah, which is stuck, another story stuck in Chicago time. which is kind of like Anderson County <laughs> times 10 <laughs> but uh but it's so it, it's kind of starting small and uh we talked about the it kind of started in our small group but we talked about this week starting to open it up to the church and uh you know the rest of the dudes in the church so we're going to figure out how to communicate that better to get more involvement and participation mm-hmm. And uh, really, it's, I would say, not just dudes in our church, but whoever doesn't have a, a group like this that they can oh yeah, they can belong to. You know, that's that's who we're looking for. Let me, I want to pose a question to Jesse first, and then Cody, you and John weigh in on this also. Um, my experience over the years with men's Bible studies is that they tend to, they tend to like, take off and then wane. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like there's a, there's a, there's always um, something momentous that kicks it off. Like maybe an emphasis on let's, let's get really transparent about the battle that Mm -hmm. all men are fighting with pornography and lust, right? Let's, let's drag that out into the light. And every man identifies with that in some, some fashion or another. And, and we're going to talk about that and it kicks off and it's so good. And we, 
we love it. Like we, we there, it's like you said, when what you were doing in your small group, that little period of dividing the men and the women came to an end. There was a, this, a feeling of loss. Like men need this. We want this. And then yet after that initial momentum of that, because porn's not the only issue. No, right. Not. Right. That's not the only thing we need to talk about. Right. But yet once that, my experience is once that initial, you know, whatever it is that kicked it off kind of wanes, men tend to not prioritize this, even though there is something in our soul that craves it. And I'm just curious, like you, you've got a lot of experience, obviously, with the is a fire chaplain dealing with men in those settings and then also in the church. And, and I'm curious what Cody and John think about this, too, is what. How can we change that? What do you think causes that? What What is it about us that we tend to not prioritize the thing that we need? I, and I was, I was actually kind of giving some thought to this, to this uh, you know, before coming on here. And it, <laughs> to oversimplify it, I think uh, I think you're the problem. Not really you, Bradley, but the pastor. It's not. It's, it's, it's not the. It's not the pastor who's the shots fired, man. Shots fired. I answered the question. I thought it was a great question. It's I'm not, ducking it, and dodging over here. It, it's it, and it's not the the pastor who is the problem. It's our view of the pastor that I think is the problem from where we're sitting in the seats. Uh, men have really abdicated their responsibility as spiritual leaders, I think, because they have a pastor in their lives. Wow. Ooh. And, uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm newer to the faith. So I, I've spent most of my life running away from all You're this what, stuff. Three, two, three years in now, a little over three now. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and what I have seen thus far and, you know, seen it in the firehouse and that's a, another topic for another time, but we have really, I, I mean, men have really handed over their role as spiritual leader because, they have a pastor in their life. They, they don't have to do, they can go to the pastor. And wow. when you said that there's bigger issues, there's more issues than just pornography. Yeah, there definitely is. There definitely is. And I think that's, I think that might be why we're having kind of a hard time uh, getting this thing up and running is because we haven't, we haven't started this by identifying one thing like the pornography thing. Hey, hmm, yeah. men, men who want to come talk about beating pornography because like you said, you can only we can only talk about that one issue so much before we kind of I'm not going to say cover all the ground, but before we've kind of done a lot of things, that interest is going to start to wear off after time. Uh, at the end of the day, the big issue is well, sin, grace, forgiveness, and it's it's understanding and, and learning the scriptures. Uh, it, that's that's really what needs to be done. That's what needs to be done to equip the men to lead in their homes, to lead in their communities. And I think they've given that responsibility over to the pastor because they have a pastor. They don't have to do it. And that's amazing, um, Jesse. I haven't really thought about thought about it from that angle. So you, if I understand you right, you're saying that men in general don't prioritize their their maybe their spirituality in general, but particularly their role as a spiritual leader in their own home, because, well, all I need to do is make sure I get my family to church and I'll let the pastor do that. Yeah. Yeah. More for or less. me. Is I, that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, more or less. I mean, it's, that's kind of the mentality of the, you know, that we see in so, so often in the school system and it's kind of the same in the church. Well, I'll take them to the church and the church is responsible for teaching them that, you know, like with our kids and our, our spouses and even ourselves, you know, I don't have to study the Bible on my own in my own time during the week because I can go to church on Sunday and get what I need. And yeah, that's we, amazing. We, we all we all know in forty five minutes on a Sunday. I had I had those separately, but I hadn't quite made that connection yeah. of you know, we, we obviously have men who have abdicated spiritual leadership and then at the same time there's kind of a well if I go to church I'm okay mentality. I hadn't made that mm. connection yet. That's really good. Also, John, that firebird behind you is pretty sweet. That's hanging up on your wall, but that's neither here nor there. Ugh, I love a good firebird. That thing is sick. Anyway, um, I guess I will. That puppy's got EMGs in it, too, to make you uh, uh, even. That, that ruins it. But anyway. It, um, <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll make a sports analogy. Um, 
So I think we have a tendency in American evangelicalism to get all jacked up. And, uh, you know, we, we want to get all pumped up so we can go win the world for Jesus or what have you, or stop looking at porn in, in, in instances, instances of men's studies, rather, uh, whatever. Um, and that's not a bad thing necessarily to be pumped up. Um, but I kind of see it, see the difference between a football mentality and a baseball mentality where football is you get jacked up once a week, you go out and kill people on the gridiron and then you go home. Whereas baseball, there's a daily grind and right. we and, and both are important, you know, in baseball, you do have playoffs, you know, tiebreaker games, stuff like that, where there's all kind of emotion. But if you are pumped up, like a football game every single day for 162 games, you're going to kill yourself. You're going to end up with ulcers. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we, uh, we want to talk about being, you know, so excited. Well, what about Jonathan Edwards and his resolutions resolved? Even if no one else lives for God, I will. Um, we need more resolve for our men. Yeah. The excitement is, is a good thing, but excitement without resolve afterward doesn't really do anything. You just burn out. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's very similar to uh, the concept that the Academy of faith and works that James puts forward. Um, you know, you can't have one without the other, not that uh, um, you need to be, you know, partners in salvation. Not, not, we're not getting down the synergistic path, but you know, what we're saying is, you know, you have this faith. If you have this faith, the works will come out of it. If you have this resolve, the excitement will come out of it. If all you have is excitement and nothing underneath, then eventually that excitement's going to lose fuel. If all you have is works and no faith underneath, then eventually those works are going to become uh, become pointless. And in fact, have been the whole time uh, because they were they were done out of the wrong motivations. Uh, you know, it, I, I can definitely uh, relate to this. I mean, my, so I'm not involved in a small group right now and I want to be, um, and I have been in the past. And so here's the, here's the long and short of it. So Wednesday nights at uh, like eight thirty ish, there's a men's uh, Bible study. Uh, it's kind of been renamed to life group uh, just over the years, which um, I believe is more appropriate um, and it does meet weekly. And when I was going, there was probably about 20 guys there. And, you know, it would usually just start with some small talk. You know, we'd brew some coffee and whatnot. And then whoever was leading it that night would, uh, usually have some sort of video content to watch, whether it be anything from a Matt Chandler sermon to, um, oh, there's, uh, you know, there, there are several like Bible study video lesson series on like um, being a man in light of the gospel sort of stuff. And and but it was all video content. Uh, but at the end, we discuss. But, you know, very rarely did someone grab a Bible and crack it open. And I did because. Uh, it's important, but it just, you're obviously never... holier than everybody. <laughs> exactly. Um, <clears throat> have a Bible sitting right on top of the Lutheran confessions, you know? Gotta, um, yeah, whatever. Um, but it never really happened organically. It was always like, uh, Hey, I'm, what about this? I was like, well, let's, let's find out about this. And, and then eventually the focus kind of turned more towards, uh, um, advocacy and care for uh, um, the least of these uh, orphans, for instance. I mean, we, um, the, our actual worship leader, Steve Wells, uh, um, and his wife and a board uh, govern this, uh, this orphanage in Mityana, Uganda, um, called the Hope Center. And so that, you know, that, that is a concept that caring for the orphans is very near and dear to our heart. Um, also, you know, we have uh, some individuals who are passionate about uh, ending sex trafficking and absolutely in the fight against sex trafficking and awareness and stuff. 
and and also you know are against the pornography thing as we all should be um but like that's one of their passions is is pushing uh pushing awareness and uh and consciousness about how damaging this stuff is and eventually the the path of our small group kind of just really fell into those three categories and it was really caring for the orphans ending sex trafficking and porn is bad and while all of those things have merit um you know the the talking about it the same thing or the same one of three things week after week became tiresome and and really less impactful than that i felt that i needed to stay motivated to go um and you know kind of the demographic of the group changed in, in that as well and i just kind of stopped going um and every wednesday night i'm like man i should go um but i guess it's kind of the same thing going on and you know that really bums me out because i need that in my life my life like i was better when i was going actively uh to, sure. to that group um regardless of content <laughs> or uh holy crap guys jeez that yeah is... we are we're all just we're falling apart but but that that kind of Man. speaks to you know and and this thing that we're doing scripture is central um, like if, if we pull in something like Matt Chandler or we haven't made a Piper reference yet. So here's our obligatory John Piper reference or, or whatever. Um, that still has to serve scripture yeah, and what God has said. Definitely. Well, you know, I, John, I'll, I'm interested on about your thoughts on this. I, I threw a statement out, um, at church Sunday before last. Um, and then we talked about it on the podcast, I think last week, Cody, mm -hmm. is that this is what I said, John. And, you know, it's, it's a statement that I threw out there and I'm kind of also exploring it at the same time. Uh, like I'm, 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 I'm still thinking about it to see if what I said I thought was true is true, really. Um, and so, sometimes I do that and, and, it, it's it's a it's a fun thing to kind of explore. But what I said was, is that I think that spiritual maturity or growth in our relationship with Christ, discipleship, if you will, is really fundamentally about two things is that we grow in our understanding of how it is that God saves us and how it is that he is keeping us saved. Those mm -hmm. two things that that's fundamentally what it it's the vehicle that takes us down the road of spiritual maturity is a growth in those two things. Now there might be holes to poke in that, mm -hmm. but, but the point is, and I bring it up here now because I think that, you know, what John is saying uh, is true. What Jesse said is true. You know, special interests um, are not going to cut it long-term. You know, we can't start a porn group for men and expect it to have longevity. Right. Even if we tack on sex trafficking and care for orphans, you can just keep tacking on interest and it's just not going to sustain itself. Right. And at the same time, I think men are not, not men are not very self-aware. Uh, men tend to distract themselves with uh, work, accomplishment, competition, you know, other things, you know, where we, we can kind of ignore this great spiritual responsibility we have as spiritual leaders in our homes by distracting ourselves with other things and maybe trust the pastor to do it. When really what we need to get after together as men is spiritual maturity growing together, iron sharpening iron. That's really what a huh. men's group we just talked about should that. be <laughs> about, right? That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's the goal. And I think if we realize that, Growing spiritually, growing and maturing in our relationship with Christ is not just about defeating porn. Mm -hmm. Defeating porn is a byproduct of becoming more and more enthralled and in awe of the beauty, worth, holiness, and righteousness of God. And how is it, where is it that I grow in that understanding? Well, that's in Scripture and the character and nature of God is revealed, isn't it? And how it is that he saves us and how it is that he is keeping us saved. 
So the depths of our relationship with God are forged there, are they not? And that and that and that's really fundamentally what I think we've got to cast a vision to men for is that we need to get together mm-hmm. and confront our weaknesses. Yes. Paul says, I'll boast in my weakness, you know, because when I'm weak, I'm strong. His strength is perfected in my weakness. So yeah, we're going to acknowledge our weaknesses with porn and lust and uh, insecurity and, and all these other things, temptations towards materialism, what have you neglecting our, our role as spiritual leaders. Uh, but when we boast in our weakness, we're going to then look and reach for the strength of God, you know, revealed in his redemptive work. Absolutely. I think you're spot on. Uh, I mean, if uh, really, if you take it down to, uh, if you really boil it down, um, just something, just a little morsel. It's really, if we focus on how we're going to avoid porn and how we're going to save the orphans and how we're going to so on and so forth, then uh, who are we focusing on? Yeah, you know, yep. ourselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's on all good things come from God and, uh, and God works those good things through his people trust in him through the power of the Holy Spirit and that is what we should be focusing on Bradley Cox I agree with you 100% does God run out of patience how do we bridge the gap between understanding and application of scripture how do I deal with my kids who have left the faith does God forget our sin join the discussion of all these topics and more on the All 7 Days podcast, where Stan, who's my dad, and Trevor take your questions and answer them from the perspective of a couple of church members. Just having a conversation about spiritual matters. Also, join once a month by one Bradley Cox. Uh, subscribe to the All 7 Days podcast today on Apple, Google, Spotify, Overcast, and more. And make sure you head up all7days.com. So the Inquisition this week. Uh, from also from Stanfields, who is also my dad. So Padre asks, with Memorial Day coming up, what importance will and should you give it on Sunday? Anybody? <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> that that could be a podcast episode in and of itself. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I I think we've talked about emphasis of America. And, and patriotism yeah. in the church. So that was probably the Corey Truax episode a little bit. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. people can go back and listen to that um, for more in-depth opinions on that. But I, I think Memorial Day is the one patriotic holiday that I tend to give a little bit more emphasis in the church um, because. I think there is biblical precedent for us to not only be grateful, mm-hmm. uh, but be prayerful uh, for the continued freedoms that we enjoy to, you know, as Paul told Timothy when he was talking about people in government and o- people that are over you as authorities in that fashion is that just just pray that they create a context for us to live quiet lives and to get on with advancing the gospel without hindrance from the state. That was really Paul's attitude. You know, he was not railing against Caesar. Right. He just wanted Caesar to leave him alone so he could spread the gospel, you know, yep. and and. And so I think Memorial Day, those that have given their lives for the kind of freedoms that the church, I think, you know, does not maximize in America. We should be maximizing it. So I think Memorial Day is an opportunity to give thanks for those people Mm -hmm. that fought and died for those freedoms. It is a time for us to pause as the church and ask ourselves from a kingdom perspective, are we maximizing those freedoms? Right. Right. And it is a Memorial Day itself, I think, can be a signpost and a pointer to the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate giving of his life, Christ, for his church and the only kingdom that will last forever. You know, America is going to be a blip on the radar in terms of redemptive history 
uh, when all yep. is said and done. And so we can we Memorial Day more so than any other patriotic holiday allows us to point to the gospel in that way. So. And, and we also don't. You're not preaching a sermon that week of there's only two people who have died for you, <laughs> Jesus and the American soldier. You're no. not doing that. No, it, I'm going to be in Romans eight, right, verse thirty one, and um, <laughs> and but we're going to pause in the service. Right. And it, it's it's kind of similar to how we handled Mother's Day. You didn't do a quote unquote Mother's Day sermon. You didn't go all heretical and talk about God the Mother or something like that, or or, or have an emphasis on Mary. It was, hey, let's honor our moms. Yeah. But we're in Romans eight. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I yep. appreciate the most about preaching, biblically centered preaching, as opposed to topical. And I think you do a great job at that because I remember during the, during the last election, you came out and you mentioned the election. You know, as 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 much crap that was going on surrounding that election and as many debates mm-hmm. as were happening. One of the things that really impressed me was you said you came out and said, hey, there's going to be an election on Tuesday. Let's not act like either candidates have the moral high ground. Vote your conscience on with the sermon. (laughs) And and, and I really appreciated that when so many people, especially in this most recent election, so many places that they they were preaching politics from the pulpit. And that's Mm -hmm. that. That's good to hear, Jesse. That just crawls all over me. I want to take a shower when that kind of stuff is mm. I get done hearing that. <laughs> yeah. You got anything to add to that, John? Only to say my preferences lie squarely in uh, in kind of the mean for the group here. Um, I think Memorial Day, uh, the day of thankfulness and, uh, and praise to God that we have what we have and be thankful for those uh, who he has used to accomplish it. Um, and uh, as far as uh, anything else, Politics from the pulpit, this, that, or the other thing, leave it outside the church doors. Praise God and learn about him, right? That's yeah. what, that's what we're there to do. So yeah. I will echo that all day long. Yeah. And on and then on briefly, personal note, like Padre and I have experience with this where, uh, where we had a, a family friend who was killed in a helicopter training accident uh, 2011, so coming up on eight years in August, and uh, he was tight enough with our family that my dad was the executor of the will for that. Um, so it, it, you know, talking, we joked about the, you know, only two people have died for you. Um, that irritates me too, because, well, no, he didn't like that's it's yeah, he did in the sense that he was training for defense of the country and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, like that pales in comparison to, what Jesus did as much as we loved him, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. so let's do, uh, one more inquisition question and then move on to our recommendations, wrap this thing up. And this is immediately applicable to our primary subject matter of dudes, Bible studies from Scott Hamilton. How do you get your peers to actively read scripture on their own when they're content, just listening in church and small group, but don't do anything else? Which we could also do an entire episode on, I think. I, I I think, and this is just me spitballing here with my opinion, because I'm still trying to figure this out. Because, Tell them they're all morons. Especially like, oh, you know, my bad. trying, trying to work. bring Jesus into the firehouse and then trying to do this whole small group thing. I think probably the, the only surefire way you're going to pique anyone's interest into reading scripture is leading and by leading. I mean, living out... As an example, mm-hmm. so you have to live in the scripture, you have to live in prayer and reverence and all, and they're just, they have to notice something different about you from what I've seen That's true. before anybody's going to be interested in going after what you're going after. Yeah. The change. Yeah. Totally agree. These little quip and, and these little pithy sayings are. You know, they're kind of cliche, but they're cliche for a reason. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. All right. Well, I, I would say one thing to that. Oh, um, never mind. I totally agree with you, Jesse. I mean, you know, Psalm 119, you know, David wrote, I delight in your law as, in, as much as in all riches. So mm-hmm. you, you cannot just browbeat somebody in, into reading scripture and, right. and guilt them into it. It, it, they're, the contag- what what will be contagious is the joy that we experience personally in it. I mean, we, we should be advocating for reading scripture because it's so good. Right. Right. Not just as a discipline. And so if we can 
just ooze that around our peers, which what's the requirement? We must ourselves be enjoying it. And, right. and, and that's a that could be a topic in and of itself. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. John, what do you what are you recommending this week? So my recommendation stems out of a song that we did uh, not this past Sunday, but for the previous three Sundays, uh, we were doing a revival series uh, at church. Um, so uh, it was, it was woo! Yeah, it was very much a uh, a you know let's talk about our sin, let's talk about what sets us free, and uh, uh, just in not kind of in, in that <laughs> in that spirit, uh, not so much. The content, I mean, no sinner's prayer going on. I mean, we did have time for private prayer, uh, which was something we talked about previously in the episode, and that actually went really well. Um, so that uh, that was deep. Well, part of it, we, uh, as the band, we took a turn on our usual kind of uh, um, electronic rock feel that we usually have going on and went more towards a uh, kind of a Southern uh, revivalist sort of feel, um, you know, kind of, Baptisty, bluesy sort of thing, and one song that came out of that that was really, really catchy and really hit me hard, um, just on a musical standpoint, was "My Feet Are on the Rock" by I Am They. It's a riot of a song. So if you have the opportunity, go ahead and check it out. Sweet, Bradley. Um, the topic made me think of a book that I read back in college. It's actually a devotional. Um, not a huge devotional guy, but um, there are a few that have impacted me and this one is called the making of a man by richard exley um not a very well-known author you know probably to many this book was written in 93 but when i was in college uh richard exley actually came and spoke for a chapel service uh, was really impressed with him um it seemed to handle the scriptures well and and seemed to get men like you know some guys i think just really get and this guy this book really talks about the rhythms of a man's life. It talks about the the, the the everyday common challenges. This book's not going to be super deep. Like, you're not going to just have mind-blown kind of things, but mm -hmm. you're going to get some real honest, uh, you know, just, I don't know, articulation from Richard Exley about the everyday challenges that men face. And, you know, I think men struggle with the routine and the, and the mundane, you know, of – being a husband, being a father, going to work and the and the challenges that we face at work. And he just really gets into all of that from a biblical perspective for a man. I haven't read the book in years, but it, it, it impacted me when I was in college and when I first got married. So The Making of a Man by Richard Exley. You want to go? Yeah, I'll go. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if I can plug other people on your podcast. Yes, you can. But uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Alistair Begg. I love listening to Alistair Ooh. Begg. And he just did a a fantastic series uh, expositing the Lord's Prayer mm. and and going through that. And I thought it was fantastic. So you should definitely listen to that. But along with that uh, series that he was doing, he was uh, on his Truth for Life radio program. They were recommending J.C. Ryle's book, Do You Pray?, and it's a really short book. It's about 60 pages. I, I got it out of the mail yesterday and read it yesterday. And, uh, you know, Ryle's awesome. But the J.C. Ryle book, Do You Pray? And uh, it, it's it's fantastic. It's He's addressing the, you know, we're quick to pray in public. We're quick to pray with our friends and our family. But our personal prayer life is far too often neglected. And, uh, you know, he's basically says as essential as breathing is to living prayer is, is that essential to growing in your, in your walk with Christ. And uh, it's a really short book, 60 something pages. You can knock it out in a couple hours. And if you're not breathing very much, you're not going to have a very good time. No, no not for long anyway. <laughs> so uh, I would really recommend that if and especially in conjunction with that whole Alistair Begg series on the Lord's prayer. That's one of the best, uh, one of the best I've heard on the Lord's Prayer awesome. so far. Yeah, so my recommended reading is The Confessions by Augustine of Hippo, uh, because it's it's his, it's basically his testimony. Um, and it sounds awfully modern. Uh, I knew I knew like the porn thing would come up. Like Augustine was basically in a sex cult for a while. Um, had a kid out of wedlock and a mistress and all that kind of stuff, and God yanked him out of it. And he's really honest about all that stuff. And uh, then, you know, he just happened to 
turn into one of the greatest theologians that history has ever known. By accident, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, not, nothing guiding that at all, right? Which, which, by the way, did you see the uh, Jesse Morrell thing with the Jesse Morrell James White controversy? I don't think so. Jesse Morrell's an open theist, so heretic, <laughs> and uh, and James White critiqued some stuff on him a few weeks ago on the Dividing Line, and Jesse Morrell just put up a nine-hour-long YouTube video. Wow, <laughs> after him. So if you want to waste an entire day, nine hours. If you want to waste an entire day, look that up, but I won't be. Anybody that takes <laughs> nine hours to right? refute something doesn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> that's just that's just basic math right there. Right, right. So follow us, comment on Facebook and Instagram. Make sure you share posts, repost on Instagram for that matter, and subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Leave a five-star review. And you can support the show at anchor.fm. We have one spot left for... Uh, people who pledge to donate $10 a month for a year and you get a Piper Drive version 2. Um, so here's me actually covering Who You Say I Am featuring the 1689 V2 Calcedonian Dual Reverb. I know I did this earlier, but now it's actually on YouTube because I have a Mac now and I edited the video this weekend. So go look it up on YouTube. I'll link it in the show notes. Thanks for listening.